what's up what's up cravers welcome back this is episode one no <laughs> season one episode two so this episode was supposed to be about like your identity and sexuality but i'm actually gonna wait off a little bit on that because i'm still kind of trying to better explain that and really dive deep into that topic but yeah i have my baby with me today hi <laughs> that is gabby um but yeah first things first thank you for listening um this was my birthday weekend um this past weekend so friday was my birthday on the 22nd and babe tell them what you what you did so on Friday, we basically chilled in the morning and because our our um, thing didn't start till two. So we pulled up and she was super surprised. She was like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe you even took me here. Because we saw some people riding out mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I was like, guess what we're doing? Oh my god. So we went on a um basically they're three tire motorcycles. Yes, the trikes. Mm-hmm, trikes. So they're trikes and we went on a tour for about an hour and a half in um Edo in downtown. And in midtown too. We went a little bit of midtown. Um but it was really fun. Mary got injured twice. <laughs> I got <laughs> injured twice this weekend, but let's just say almost <laughs> It, when we talk about these segments, it's going to be pretty interesting. But it was funny because, like, I hurt. I hurt. No, I did hurt myself twice riding the trikes. Mm-hmm. I hurt myself. No, I injured myself once, but I almost really, like, fucked myself up twice. So we had stopped at this place called Lost and Found. It's like this little bar that's kind of in Midtown, kind of by where Gabby used to work at. And. We were having to like bust the Yui, but like the guy kind of like pulled out in traffic and there was a bunch mm-hmm. of fucking cars coming. I was like, oh shit. And like I made the turn wrong. So I went into kind like of like the next street. street. Yeah. And then I was trying to make a another turn, but then I almost went out in oncoming oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. So that was like terrifying. And I was yeah. like, oh shit. And then Gabby and the guy were kind of already up ahead of me. And then, but I turned after you. So I was just like, oh, no, my baby. And I was like, oh, no, I still have to turn. Yeah. And these cars are coming on. behind <laughs> us. Because the motorcycles, the trikes aren't big. It's not mm-hmm. like a normal motorcycle mm-hmm. or like a Can-Am three-wheel type of thing. Like, they're pretty small compared to a actual, like, car. So it was a little scary because the motorcycles, the trikes don't go... They didn't go that fast. Like, to rev up. I think the max speed I got to was, like, 45. But that was after, you know, riding it for a few minutes. But that's pretty fast on the street, though. Because, like, on the street, you're only really supposed to be going, like, 35. True. But, like, to go into oncoming traffic, like, a car can, like, go from zero to, like, 30 within a few seconds. But to get to 30 on that track, really took, like, 20 seconds. Yeah, you really had to, like, hit that throttle. And, like, you had to keep, like, kind of turning it to really Mm -hmm. get that power. But... 
People were saying mom was like super juiced up because like I felt like I was flying for a good majority of yeah, the time. Yeah, you were going pretty fast. You were ahead of me. Yeah, but I hurt my thumb. Like I got a scratch on my thumb. And then when we were going through third ward, I was on the right side and the guy and Gabby were on the left and I almost went up on the curb. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about the first segment. So the first segment is boxing your calling. So, boxing your calling. What does that mean to you, Gabby? Uh, I think, to me, boxing your calling, it basically means thinking you can only do one thing. Mm -hmm. So, it's like, um, let's say right now you are a nurse. So, you feel like, oh, you know, I'm just a nurse. So, that's, I go work my... Eight hour, 10 hour shift, then go home and pretty much watch Netflix, drink wine, chill. Instead of pursuing other things that you may be interested in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could be it. Like, it's like you don't pursue anything because you've reached your main thing, even though you may have other things that could be for you. Or mm-hmm. like, you may. Basically, I feel like that's just like the gist of it. I get you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting this morning because me and Gabby were talking about this this morning on what it means for the brand Cactus Craving. So pretty much like what it is that I do. And it's like, do I really just put myself into one box of things that I do? If I were to answer that myself, I would say no. But then it's very interesting because... It it comes down for me, I believe, like when it comes to support. And even though it's like I know I have people that do support me and no matter what it is that I do, I feel at times I put that pressure on myself that I should maybe be only be sticking to one thing. Have you ever had that pressure? Yeah, for the most part. Mm. I feel like even now with the career field I'm in, It's like I mainly always look to get into that career field. And now that I'm in it, then this happens like this has happened multiple times to me. It's like I wanted a certain job, Mm -hmm. gotten it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, is this it? And then it's like there's still other things that I want to do. But it feels like. It feels like almost like that's just the main thing I need to focus on. Mm-hmm. And feeling like oh, I can't go do those other things, like it's like I'm, it's a self limitation basically. Yeah. Um. So it's like oh, you know, I would really like to create art and just do like really like creative artsy shit, but I don't do it because I don't see myself as being a creative artsy creative. person. Mm-hmm. I see myself as someone who is a professional who works in that certain field instead of that flip side of me that is right. more creative. So I don't give myself the opportunity or time to go into the other things that I'm interested in. I feel you because it's kind of like with being a creative, it's not to say that, you know, that's not a professional field that would make you money, but it's just like in a societal state of mind, like working 
for like a company or something like that that's shown as stability like mm-hmm. you have your 401k you have your medical your dental your vision you know that's kind of like when you become an employee there after x amount of days like 90 days typically is like the the start of when you can start receiving those benefits of working at mm-hmm. that place and then when it's like you're a creator you know, and if you are freelancing and if you're an entrepreneur who is doing creative works, how do you support yourself in that sense? So in many ways, I feel like we box ourselves into working corporate positions mm-hmm. or working where there is stability versus loving what we do, mm-hmm. loving the work that we do and going that route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely just like a risk, being afraid to take risks. Right. That's the main thing. And that was the main thing that I was talking about this morning of like, you know, when you're about to do something that will take you into different places, you know, you have that knowing of like, okay, I'm about to do something amazing. And the analogy that I use for this type of feeling of like boxing you're calling is when a astronaut is about to go into space. They know they're about to go into space. They're about to see the world from a different point of view. But when you're sitting in that shuttle getting ready to launch, so many different emotions and feelings and things come about because, you know, it's still a risk. Mm -hmm. Even though it's like, big risk the reward is seeing things that many other people will not be able Mm -hmm. to see you still have to go through you still have to be launched Mm -hmm. and that that's where failure to launch not like the movie (laughs) not at all like the movie but definitely just have like it's it's just being a part of being human Mm -hmm. and um really like just having to go through that so yeah that's kind of like one of the things I wanted to talk about but this next segment is going to be very interesting um this is called how do you know that you're connecting with your ancestors and I forgot to mention before but if you smoke some drink a little something today is national wine day so me and Gabby definitely have our wine and we're kind of just enjoying this convo but grab what you want before we go into this next segment okay so this segment is called how do you know you are connecting slash communicating with your ancestors? All right, so I'll start it off. So for me, um, typically when I would like want to connect with my ancestors and just like the spirit as like a whole, uh, typically I talk out loud. I notice whenever I try to just think, it's very hard to decipher what is my voice versus what is other, not my voice, basically. So, like, a lot of the communication I get from them is, like, thoughts in my head. 
Um, but I know it's not my, it's not me thinking to myself. It's not just a thought, my thoughts. It's more so like a message is um, coming to me and I just hear it as my voice. I don't know if that makes sense, but basically, yeah. So it's like, I may be talking out loud being like, yeah, you know, like I don't really know what to do about the situation. And then I get a thought like coming to my mind immediately and it's like very clear. So... To me, I feel like that's, like, my ancestors, like, pretty much responding to me. Um, responding to my questions and things like that. So, basically, having to talk out loud and then getting that um, a response as, like, a thought. So, yeah, that's typically how I, like, communicate with my ancestors. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Does that happen for you or yours come in, like, a different get different mine comes in a different way and i mean it's not necessarily like where i mean sometimes it is like last night when i was kind of having a difficult time like i definitely had something that wasn't myself being like okay like you're okay and it's kind of like how i had to download about like the analogy of the uh, space launch and astronauts and stuff like that. So sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, these are things that I've thought about and I'm just now putting those things into words. But then sometimes I'm like, when I'm not feeling the best or if I'm doing certain things that I know my ancestors like to do, that's kind of when I have like a clearer head of what it is that my purpose and my calling is, or it'll be like constant affirmations and Mm -hmm. like not affirmations but constant confirmations of what it is that I've said that I wanted to do or that I am doing that it's just like sometimes it's like my body goes on like this weird shift to autopilot and I'm like okay this is more I feel spirit-led than it is me being like the vessel of and like guiding this vessel and things like that so it's a, it's a little bit different, but mostly when I'm doing something that my ancestors like to do and it's like kind of paying like homage to them. Um, and I guess like we can weirdly like, not weirdly, but kind of go into the topic of like altars too, because, you know, a lot of people have altars mm-hmm. and then some people either one, you may not be in the space in which you can have an altar but it, it's interesting because, like, I, Gabby knows, like, right now I'm, like, with my mom. And so, like, some things are, like, better for us to move in with each other and stuff. But right now my workspace is actually kind of like an altar. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever, like, told you. But, like, uh, there's pictures of, there's, like, I think there's two pictures of, ancestors like in my workspace so whenever I'm over there like I'm always like saging that area anyway because you know as a creative I'm in that area I'm either working on like my brand I'm working another aspect of business or creating something researching something so that's kind of like the area that I dedicate to them um but kind of like my mom has kind of like set that area up as a mini shrine I would say interestingly and then always like when I'm cooking like I always pay homage that way Mm. so and do you think your downloads are like 
your ancestors talking to you? You feel like those are do you feel like those are ancestor made or just like a different gift that you may mm. just have? You know what I'm saying? I feel it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I'm like, okay, like the download that I'm getting, this is something that typically is it's not something that I've thought about. It's just like I'll just start processing and it's like bam 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 Mm -hmm. and i'm like this is stuff that i haven't thought of Mm -hmm. before until like that moment Mm -hmm. and i'm like it's so important until where i'm like okay this message sometimes it is for me and then sometimes i'm like i'll i'll communicate like i'll write that out or make a video however it is that I relay that message and someone's like, damn, like you're so on point. Like whenever it is, it's always confirmation of it. Like if I wasn't getting like confirmation from like somebody else, I would just be like, okay, damn, is that my ego? Cause I know like sometimes like when I'm just like, uh, sometimes I know when the shit is my ego because I'm like, I've gotten to the point where I'm mad and I'm communicating. Now, if it's to the point where I'm just like, I'm saying it, then that's not me. Mm. you know and it 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 could be a topic that like i do know about but it's relayed a different way Mm. it's relayed in a way that's not so i can't explain like it's relayed different and each time like it's like confirmation that someone needed that message and sometimes it's not even (laughs) me that needed that message and someone's like wow or most people are like wow I really needed that message so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I know when it is spirit or when I'm upset and it's my ego yeah uh, gotcha yeah okay. what about you um I don't really have like how you have like downloads mm-hmm. I don't really have things like that don't really have like visions of anything it's more so it's like I feel like if I really want something, it happens. So mm-hmm. I guess like manifesting, but it's like, I don't know. Like I always felt like my, had like a strong spiritual squad. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Cause I know like me personally, I'm not like super, I don't really do a whole lot, a whole lot of when it comes to like spiritual work. I'm not like the type of person who like sits and meditates with crystals yeah. and does like different like spiritual baths mm-hmm. and things like that. Like me, it's like, yes, I do like talk sometimes with like out loud to my ancestors and stuff. Um, but other than that, and like put stuff on my ancestor altar. But other than that, I'm not super, I don't really do any like, spiritual i ain't gonna say spiritual but like rituals i don't really do a lot of those things gotcha. so that's why i really feel like if i really want something that happens it's mainly due to like me having like a really strong spiritual squad and also i'm not just kind like, of like have those riders that are like yeah because i'm not even gonna say like <laughs> yeah i don't i wouldn't even say like i like it feels like things just align Right. So, it's like alignment happens a lot for me, mm-hmm. I feel like. Very interesting. Because, I mean, you know, I'm I'm into, like, you know, doing, like, spiritual baths and mm-hmm. 
all that stuff and like working with herbs like that's something that I'm getting more and more into but honestly like sometimes it is just like the little things that they're like it just just talk to us like mm-hmm. we're here talk to us like what you need what you yeah. want like what's up like mm-hmm. tell us just pretty much like communicate out loud like use that throat chakra and right. like communicate yeah I feel like that's the most important thing because mm-hmm. like you can think a lot of people think, I mean, everybody thinks. Everybody thinks, But right. um, overthinkers, like, you think a lot and you try to, like, plan everything in your mind. Yeah. But that's why I say it's important to write write it out, to speak it out, to just get it outside of your mind. Brain. Yeah. So, once that's done, then I... Once that's done, that's when I think spirit um, just starts working for you. Because you have you have put it out into the universe right so it's kind of like you know with the secret it being mm. like manifestation with with words intention, yeah, yeah with intentions just like you have to let it be known outside of you mm-hmm. that's when it's like okay she they really bought it about it right because really like you can think something this. all day yeah you can sure. think it all day but it's not gonna happen the first step is saying it out loud or writing it. Writing it down. Writing so, it down with a real pen and paper. Right. Because it's like, if you're a person and you just have like all these dreams, like you can definitely have dreams, but it's like, what dreams are you working towards? Like mm-hmm. what movement, because movement, which is why like when you're trying to unblock a lot of shit in your life, you need to make movement. Like mm-hmm. you can't stay, like I feel everybody knows what stagnation is and like how it feels and like with even within the body and in order to unblock that you have to move so that's going towards your dreams going towards something so yeah for sure but I'm glad we got to talk about that that's definitely like one of those topics that I definitely have been like thinking about more and more often and uh, me and Gabby have definitely had like some conversations in regards to that but this next segment is going to be a little bit lighter. This is mm-hmm. called like our messy moment. <laughs> um, and we're going to be talking about the show Married at First Sight. So, you know, if you haven't seen that show or you feel like you won't watch ninth, it. The ninth season. This is the, the ninth season. That's on Netflix. The one that is on Netflix. Yeah, so, so yeah, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen the whole one, I suggest like maybe not listen to this segment. Mm-hmm. Until you finish it and then come back to the, the podcast because we definitely want you to hear the mess that we're about to talk, but let's get into it. All right, welcome to the segment, our messy moment. Messy moment. Yes. About married at first sight. Woo, child. Too late. I don't, like, even really drink like that anymore, but... Same. Damn. Whew. Let's get into the first couple that we want to talk about. So, the first couple is Iris and Keith. So, if you need refreshers, Iris was the version and Keith was like... I'm going to call him the Playboy. I wouldn't even call him a Playboy. Well, the only thing that makes him Playboy is the condoms near his bed. Yes. That's the only thing. But I feel like most guys have condoms in a drawer near their bed. Mm. 
I feel like it's, it's pretty normal. I'm very conflicted with their relationship is main mainly for Keith because it's like in a way I'm proud of him for not being like oh I'm gonna settle mm-hmm. with being comfortable with the fact of where Iris was like maturely, mm-hmm. but. I definitely say it was a little fucked up because he definitely could have... A lot of the guys on the show could have said a lot of things. They could have been more honest Mm -hmm. before it came down to decision day. Mm -hmm. So, and I say that because they had a period during this season where if they wanted to back out before D-Day, they could have. And none of the guys did. Not D-Day. D-Day, Decision Day. I know, I'm just saying, like... D-Day, Decision Day. D-Day, because it's For some people, it probably even felt like it was D-Day. They probably felt extremely demolished, but we'll get into that. But what are are your takes? Yeah, I think with um, Keith and Iris... Because, like, even to me, I'm like... It's like they meshed, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that I was like... It's like they're... When they showed them on the screen, it's like Iris has, she has a very vibrant personality and like Keith is just kind of, he's attractive, but he's kind of boring because he doesn't say much. Mm. So it's like, ooh, they look good on paper. On paper, yeah. But then once they mesh with each other, you can tell like their personalities didn't really mesh that well gotcha like it felt like like a puzzle piece that it fit but it wasn't like the complete fit you just kind of mesh it in there right just because it looks like it fits right so i so it's kind of like fool's gold like it's shiny yeah but the words ain't right like you can tell if they ended up getting together Somebody would have stepped out because they weren't fully happy in the relationship. And I feel like it would have been him. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like... As or he would have been... Would have happened... They would have just been, like, resentment. Yeah. When we got to that point, they would have been like, no, I want a divorce. I've never been happy. And she'd be like, what? You've never been happy? Because he was lying to her into... He was just lying to her to keep up with the false, false pretense. Yeah. It's just like, again, like, some of the dudes, like, I just really feel like they should have just <laughs> walked away earlier on mm-hmm. rather than wasting and honestly but we'll get into that couple but like I feel like a few of them only kind of wanted it for the free Antigua trip but that's a whole nother story <laughs> but okay so okay so for again if you want a refresher Iris still wanted to be married Keith was like Nah, nah, do not emotionally mature enough. Yeah, because intimately, like sexually, sexually maturely, um, emotional mature mm-hmm. maturity and stuff like that. So, and I kind of knew I was like, and in a way, I clapped for him. But then when I watched the reunion, I was like, okay, you're being a little bit of a dick because you kept being like, you know. And I'm a big he stuck with a safe answer the I'm, whole time. I'm a big person on, you know when people come to like playing around with certain shit because when they were in Antigua and they she was like okay it's this way or that way and he was like ah and he's like started and he was like oh no I'm just playing but the part that got under my skin about Keith was the day one and forever to go 
that was like the thing and i'm just like why even say that before you like really like feel like you're you're saying too much i think with that because i think he really believed like oh you know since they matches i'm pretty sure we'll work out Mm. But I, because he said that earlier on, it's yeah. not like he said it towards the end. Mm. And this was mm. before you started seeing like, oh, she can be a bit much. Yeah, like it was before you start seeing that, and like he's like super chill, and she's like high strung. Yeah, she was very chill. like extroverted, and Keith was kind of like maybe like more ambivert. I'm not even gonna say that. That's the situation. It was more so she being high strung, him not really caring that much. Like mm. how she was like. Oh, are you sure you want to put your clothes in that dresser? It's wooden. You don't want to put any liners down. Like, oh, you let your friends just go in your fridge. That's disrespectful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's like, it's chill. Like, it's just juice. juice. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, going in the fridge to get juice. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Like, so that, that it's shit like, oh, like, do you want to go through your life with somebody who's being mad about your friends going in yeah. the fridge to get juice? No. Like, little bitty, Pass. little bitty shit. Right. So, so he's like, ooh, mm. but he could have said he he needs to communicate more. I'm just like really, I, I want to get through these like other couples because I'm just like you know the one I want to like get in on. So who's next? Who which one? Okay, Deanna and Greg. Cute. They, cute. They they yeah they flew. They yeah, yeah they definitely both grew. Yeah, but mainly at a steady pace. Too. Yeah, it was Deanna nice. very. They stayed together. They you needed cute. a refresher. They they were super cute. The most mm-hmm. growth I see I see that for them. Mm-hmm. You know everything is good. Boom. That that's like a pretty much like well rounded yeah like summary of them. Cute. Woo! These last two. Maybe something else. Jamie and Alyssa. They Baby. Were wild. When they when when they made their decisions, it's like you you can t- they loved each other. Yeah, you can tell they loved each other. Had a lot of passion, but the way they talked to each other, they... the way their fights escalated, Ooh. it was just like oh my god! I but, really did not think that they were gonna make it, and they wild. stayed together, y'all. Like, I think it really was that love that they had for each other. But like, but like they were not the level of respect though, and that's what I have with them. It's like the level there. of respect. It's like you can love somebody, but then what? What point comes to where you're like, okay, they say they love me, but then they treat me like this, and it's like, eh, <laughs> I'm I'm hoping for the best. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they need some things Mm -hmm. and i hope that they still don't have ugly fights like that yeah to where they're like okay i'm gonna go right because like who who that couple that that was a couple that made me mad the most until certain aspects of when we talk about this next couple so Okay, so we have to break this off into a whole nother part, specifically for this couple. Last but not least, Matt and Amber. Jamie and Elizabeth were a lot, but when it came down to the end, I wanted to literally go through the screen and like 
slapped the shit out of Matt. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he was... I don't know what was up with that dude. It's like, when he was talked to Amber, you can just tell he was given the bare minimum needed to keep the Very relationship surface. going. And then when he was in front of the group, he's like, yeah, you know, I've been under all this stress, da 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 Just pouring out all his emotions. But to Amber, didn't really say much. It's not that he didn't really say much to her. Because the thing is, and so earlier, I w- when I said... I feel some of them were only in it for the free trip to Antigua. He's the one. And honestly, the way everything ended, I do not feel like at any point he was ever like caring about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's it's just like this this man had a lot of issues, y'all. Like, if you're not gonna watch the show, then of course, go ahead and get your tea from this. But just know, like, this is a person that will literally boil your blood. And th- this was a couple that I thought were going to split during the time where they were like, you can decide to back out of this marriage now before decision day. Mm-hmm. You can just decide to back out. And honestly, he had already put her through so much without physically being present this man was like leaving and going out with his boys and the first instance was he left his wedding ring and amber found it in the drawer in the drawer like not even next to the sink it's like i purposely left this in my drawer in my drawer so you wouldn't see it literally and it's like and when he came back like he was gone for hours like damn near a whole day yeah and she was like crying and i was like bro he left like at 4 p.m mm-hmm. and he didn't even come back until like i think nighttime the next hours. day like yeah. nighttime the next day and i don't didn't know even answer her text messages she was like oh please come home he was just like reading like, the messages and like not responding so mm-hmm. she was like well I'm still, like, gonna give this a chance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, baby. She's like, I have feelings for him. The crazy part, what, what tripped me out was when she, like, in at the reunion, she was like, yeah, you know, you embarrassed me. Some of, Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was at the D-Day. Yeah. Um, she was like, yeah, some of my, like, um, the co-workers. people I work with, yeah, yeah, my coworkers pulled me into a classroom and was like look at what your husband is doing yep and she was still with him and yep. i was just like girl i was like i can't believe she let it even go to d-day right without i, I would have like pulled out a long time ago but yeah that man was completely full of shit like right. honestly i really feel like he was in it for the trip to antigua mm-hmm. and to like fuck around maybe a little bit like he was a homosexual he was a ho- he was a homeless sexual mm-hmm. gabby called him a hobo i'm not gonna say he was a hobo because it's like he didn't live on the street he was just like a homeless sexual so he didn't have like his own shit because he was the one that was like the traveling basketball player mm-hmm. and so he had like no like yes his roots were in north carolina but like he had no like physical place he was like a gypsy soul oh and speaking of him being a fucking gypsy soul i was telling gabby so he decides to they're re-watching their wedding on like their one was it their one month anniversary 
and they're like watching their thing so this man decides to pull out his guitar and sing a fucking song y'all and this man literally said and i told gabby i was like she should have listened to his words then this man said i'm a wanderer in search of diamonds and pearls and i'm like baby you a emerald you a ruby this man literally told everything about himself with that song mm-hmm. it's like she was just like ah it's kind of like those rose colored glasses were heavily fucking on and it was like oh he playing me a song mm-hmm. baby you have to listen to those lyrics that man literally said i'm a wanderer i'm a wonder and this is a song this ain't no song written by nobody else but him so Man, that that man really pissed me off. Like he was just acting so fucking nonchalant, right. like at the end, and then just acting like, "Oh, case this chapter's done, chapter's whatever. closed." Like, like oh, I've already moved you. on. I don't, I don't owe you no other explanation. Mm-hmm. It was just really, really weird. And her best friend, her best friend tried to be on the show too. His name was Raven, and he tried to be on the show too, and. He ended up still kind of being on the show because he was her best friend. So, like, towards the end, he saw Matt at a fucking bar talking and, like, chatting it up with some other girl and left with her. So, this is the second, like, the s- instance. Yeah, but he... That somebody saw. But then she kept... She said that he would never really be there until, like, the cameras are there. Mm-hmm. So, that man, like, kind of never was there and... At the reunion, she said that his friends, or was it at decision day, that she said one of his friends had told her that he was, like, doing stuff with somebody else. I don't know. But it was weird because at the reunion, he said that he hadn't slept with somebody else. Mm -mm. And I don't know. She was like, well, that makes me feel better. But I I don't, I really do not feel like that was true. I, I just do not because that man was just a hot mess. As you can tell, we've talked about this couple the longest because that man literally was. Oh, if y'all would have saw that, you'd be like, bruh, let me holler at you real quick. Let, let me, I just want to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they just wasted space. Like yeah. somebody else could have been more deserving mm-hmm. of that spot. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like he was like, oh, if we be on it, we get to go to Antigua. Oh, Oh, I just got to do it. It's just like, he really didn't know what his next move was. Yeah. So he kind of was like. Like, did somebody dare you to? Right. Right. I feel like it felt like that. It's like, oh, this is a big joke. Mm-hmm. And be on this show, like get the experience out of it. Because it's like, of, of course, he got the experience out of it, but he didn't grow Mm-mm. as a person. So whatever. I'm tired of talking about it. That that whole situation, like more than Jamie and Elizabeth make making my blood boil. That one, like I feel so bad for Amber, and I just really hope like she's doing good. Like not even good. I hope she's doing wonderful mm-hmm. because I really felt for sis because that man was raggedy as fuck. But um, we yeah. We we got our own comments about that, but we ain't gonna say that over this podcast. We just gonna say he was challenged. Mm-hmm. So we hope that you all have enjoyed this podcast. Again, 
This is the first season, episode two. We got new ones coming up. So we look forward to having you chat and chill with us next time. Bye.